Over 30 years of serving the Arizona homeowner. 13 years in a row ranking Arizona's best referral network. RosieOnTheHouse.com Protecting you, informing you, and educating you. It's Rosie on the House. It's the Memorial Day weekend special edition of Rosie on the House. Good morning, Arizona. Lots of folks out on the road. Y'all be careful out there. We're here, as we are every Saturday morning, to talk about your house, home, castle, or cabin. We invite callers. If you've got a question or project you're trying to get done, feel free to give us a ring, one 767 We'll put our 48 years of Arizona home building and remodeling experience to work for you. Help you every way we can. Um, I want to start the show with a little bit of an alert to everybody, Okay. APS, as you know, the largest electrical provider in the state of Arizona, is changing a structure of their rate plan. That apparently is driving another new scam that y'all need to be aware of. Unsolicited energy auditors are knocking on people's doors and convincing them they need to take a look at their thermostat, walk through their house, take a look at their air conditioning registers. Listen, folks, the rule at Rosie on the House, and for all the Rosie on the House listeners, is if you didn't solicit someone to come to your house for a service, don't participate in it, okay? These are guys that are out scamming. They're out casing your home to see if if it's worth breaking into later. Uh, And they're selling you things you don't need that won't get done. And many times they're taking deposits and just completely disappearing. No unsolicited energy audit will be done at any Rosie on the House listener's home. Let's make that a rule, okay? Okay. We were broadcasting live last weekend, had a lot of fun out at Sanderson Ford. We always do. And there were a couple things we didn't cover. Um, A couple guys showed up and kind of took over the show. (laughs) You know, it's interesting. There's not a lot of places where you can go hear three morning show radio hosts from three different stations all together. But Sanderson Ford makes that possible, and they've done it the last couple of years. It's always centered around their uh, anniversary. It was their 67th year. This How year. about that? That's fantastic. So we had a Al McCoy. We, he joined us in the 9 o'clock hour, and then uh, we had Tim Hattrick from KNIX and on at the 10 o'clock hour and then brady bogan from kupd joined as well and there was one segment all three together it was pretty fun yes it was it was so there were some things we were supposed to cover last week that we didn't because they kind of stole the show and we never really got back to home improvement topic as quick as we should have and there's one thing we didn't cover that's really kind of critical for you arizona homeowners right now and it's a conversation 
about ceiling fans. There's a lot of bad information out there about ceiling fans. And you can find this at rosellnows.com. But let me cover it real quick. The number of fan blades doesn't dictate how much air a fan moves. And, uh, I don't have that one in front of me. And I actually, honestly, I didn't read it. Um, <laughs> so. That's a lot to keep up with, huh? Well, it is. Let me bring up something that was in the article. Um, and it has to do with the rotation of the ceiling fans. Now, let's see if I got this correct. During the summertime, you want them to come down, blow air down into the room. So that's clockwise, correct? Sure. Yeah. Okay. Wintertime. You have a little switch you can flip up to make it go counterclockwise to bring the air up so the room heats, correct? And that switch is actually on the base of the fan itself, mm-hmm. right? So you have yeah. to. And it probably would be a good idea. A good idea. Shut the fan off completely because I've got scars <laughs> on my fingers from doing that, being Mr. Oh, I'll flip the switch while it's working. So that's one thing. And I want people to know that every fan is rated by how much air it will move. CFM, cubic feet per minute. And your intuition tells you where the more blades I have, the more air it will move. And that's not necessarily the case. It depends on number of blades, distance from the ceiling, the pitch of the blade, and the speed of the blade. And we tell people all the time, do not run ceiling fans in an empty room. Well, you know what? Rosie may be changing his position on this because new ceiling fans are actually run by DC electricity as opposed to alternating current. The DC motors use 70% less electricity. And the other thing about them is they're perfectly quiet. So if you're shopping ceiling fans, I would tell you, don't buy one. Unless it's a DC motor. You'll thank yourself. You'll thank me for that. There are, there are conditions where if a particular room has hot and cold spots, you could run that ceiling fan, the DC motor fan, and reap benefits from it. So that may be one place we're changing. Our decision. And, and so need. what would be the benefit of running a ceiling fan um, if no one's in there? Air balance? If, if the room has hot and cold spots, if it's that one room that can never get as cool as the rest of the house, you could leave a DC fan turned on with the, with the door open and hopefully eliminate some of that problem. So in a, so in a, in a very few particular cases... The new DC motors could could be a good investment in keeping them running. So um, the type that hug the ceiling that aren't hung on a stem, just know that's necessary in a low ceiling, but those aren't going to move much air. All right. So in shopping for your ceiling fans, watch for CFM rating. That will tell you how much air you can move. Now, one of the reasons you would be moving the air 
is because the subject of today isn't right, and that's your ductwork. And today's article is all about how often should I clean my ductwork. Well, before we get into the issue of cleaning ductwork, let me just tell you what ductwork is. We take a free commodity, air, and we run it through a piece of equipment that treats it to make it what we want it to be. We're either going to, in the winter, we're going to warm it up and we're going to filter it and then we're going to distribute it to the inside of the house. In the summer, we're going to do exactly the opposite. We're going to dehumidify it. We're going to cool it and then we're going to distribute. So once we've taken this free commodity and converted it into what we want it to be, we've spent money, equipment doing that. Now it's in a it's in a box and we've got to now distribute it through the house. The more efficient that distribution system is, the higher rate of efficiency you're going to have on your equipment and the better quality of air you're going to have. So your ductwork is the delivery system of this expensive commodity, treated air. And unfortunately, for many of you that have been here a lot of years, we installed ductwork completely wrong in the 40s and 50s for air conditioning because we only had a vap cooling. And those ducts were very, very large, moved a lot of air. You throw an air conditioner onto those kind of ducts, and it's not going to work very well. If you convert an older home from a VAP cooling to air conditioning, you really should invest in a whole new duct system. It's very critical that in air conditioning, you have the right amount of air flowing to each individual room appropriately and efficiently. Now, the other thing we did wrong all through the 60s, 70s, and 80s is we put ductwork in uh, that was rigid, and generally the return air was too small, and the air conditioners were too big. So if you're in a home from the 60s, 70s, or 80s, and you're getting a new air conditioning unit, you seriously ought to consider having the return air plenum expanded and the integrity of the ductwork seriously checked. Because I can tell you when we do whole house energy audits, we find that about 95% of the homes we test have duct leakage of some amount. Okay? It's safe to say 100% of the units have some leakage. But you want to keep that leakage at under 5 10 or 15% at the very, very most. Those old rigid ducts, if you were running an evap cooler through them, have probably rusted out. Or if you installed a surround sound uh, uh, system in the living room, uh, or your uncle did, he probably put his foot or his knee or his elbow on top of that ductwork, and it's separated a seam. So the ductwork, how often do we clean it, which is the question, all depends on what integrity the system is currently in. Let's make sure it's sound. Let's make sure it's sealed. And let's make sure we've got uh, good registers 
at every delivery point. With that said, I can go into later, how often should you have them cleaned? If you're out traveling this weekend, you can take Rosie on the house with you on this Memorial Day weekend. If you're heading north, you can catch us on Calf Country out of Flagstaff, 9.30 a.m. and 92 point, no, 93.5 FM in town. It's 92.9 is the Calf Country. 93.5 is Calf Legends that broadcasts our program. And you can catch 9.30 a.m. all over northern Arizona. If you just so happen to be heading up north to the mountains. Uh, but you can also join the conversation if you'd like. one 767 4348 That's 1-888-ROSIE for you. Let's see how we can help Scott calling in this Saturday morning. Welcome to the program. Hey, thanks a lot, Rosie and Romy. Uh, I've got a problem with cracks in my ceiling. Um, several months ago, when I, when I was listening to your program... You were, we were talking about expansive soil, and you can't tell what's under the ground unless you use a, and I think it's called a mammal meter. So the um, builder paid for an engineering company to come out and use a mammal meter. This has been going on for five years. They've fixed my cracks about five times. The last time they fixed it, their fix was to put cross bracing between the trusses and then um, a piece of plywood over the cracks and then screw the sheetrock to it. Well, what had happened is it just transferred the crack over to the next <laughs> set of trusses. Oh boy. So, and in the winter time, these trusses are about the width of a nickel. Right now, if you looked up, you just see a, it's still a crack, but it's a little thin line. But in the wintertime, it's, it's the size of a nickel. So they sent out the engineering company with their mammal meter, and they did a, their little study. Okay. And they came back, and they sent me a graph that looks like a weather report that you would see on Channel 10. Right, right. You know, it has the, the colors on it with numbers. And right. to me, it doesn't mean anything. But some of those numbers go from a, a, a zero all the way to a seven. And it's like 0. 0.07 is what it, what it goes to. Okay. And then it has the colors that coincide with those numbers. Um, so the, after they were done, they sent me the report. And they suggested in order to fix my cracks in my ceiling, they suggested that they, one, put gutters on the house because uh, uh, to keep the water away from the foundation. I don't ha I've never had water sitting against my foundation. My foundation slopes down to the ground and the water flows out the front of the house. Okay. And, and Scott, the house, the house, did I get it right? The house is five years old. It was built. You, you've been in it? Five years old. Uh-huh. Okay. Here, here's a couple things. That weather map you're looking at is like a topo map. And if your, fluc if your um, fluctuation 
It's seven one hundredths of an inch. Uh, I would tell you, uh, heaving uh, foundation is not your problem. Uh, we've got something else to deal with. I'm a big believer in gutters. Uh, whether you perceive you ever have water ponding up against your house or not, we should get the water as far away from our foundation as possible. In Rosie's perfect world, no one has a landscape sprinkler within three feet of the foundation of their house. Uh, you have the foundation of your house, then you have a rock garden, and then you have a yard. Then you have vegetation out away. Um, the recurring ceiling problem, I'm very suspicious, is not a foundation problem. If none of those cracks are projecting or coming down the wall to windows and doors, we're dealing with something else would be my first gut hunch. Um, these are one of the things uh, that might have to take a, a, a visit for me just to take a look at. Take a look at that manometer study and see what we can tell you. And, and, and I'll be happy to do that. Now, I'll be happy to do that. You've been fighting it for five years. And I can tell you just right now, my schedule is like super, 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 super ugly. Because uh, Jennifer's going to take me away for a little while. And I'm really looking forward to that. But, Scott, uh, I, I, I will reach out to you. We've got your phone number. I'll get a copy of that manometer report. Cross streets of where you live. Um, not having seen anything yet, I'm not sensing we've got a foundation problem here. We've got something else. But my gut hunch has been wrong before. <laughs> to see more, I'll know more. We appreciate the call, and you can join the conversation at one 767 4348 Text questions can be sent to 411923, or if you want to snap a picture, you can email that to info at rosieonthehouse.com if you need a little help describing your project or showing us. You know, we got one the a couple weeks ago, something strange growing out of the tile uh, from a homeowner working on, on, on Awatuki. We're, we're working on we that We haven't one. figured that one out yet. We're, no, That's no, a, we're working on it. It's weird. When we get back, I'm going to talk about it's when to <laughs> and when not to clean your ducks, if you should even clean your ducks at all. And Jennifer's got a special Memorial Day segment coming up right after this. There's combat boots that he used to wear. When he was sent over there, there's 50,000 names carved in the wall. And before we get back to our topic of home improvement, in particular this hour, ducks on our on the house hour. We spend an hour talking about something physically on your home, and duck work is today. It is Memorial Day weekend, so we, you know you can't go through that without taking a moment and recognizing it. I have a really special resource I'd like to share uh, for um, celebrating, honoring Memorial Day. We lost a family veteran a year and a half ago, and it was during COVID. And um, he did not die badly. He was an elderly man. But what I found, we, we, um, his remains are at National Memorial Cemetery of Arizona, just, so just up the road at Cave Creek and um, almost Carefree Highway. And one mm. of the resources we were given. No, that's wrong? Not that far. 
It's just north of the 101, about a mile and a half. Okay. In between. Yeah. You can't miss it. It's beautiful. It is. I have been out there. There's something going on there. I drove past past it last night, and there was porta potties getting set up and (laughs) trailers showing up and motorcycles. and (laughs) It'll be a wonderful honoring today. They just do a great job putting out all the flags and the flowers, and it's a beautiful, beautiful facility. It's really improved over the years, and they're actually doubling the size. It's it's something else. But in that, you know, it was during COVID, so one of the resources that they gave us was um, this Veterans Legacy Memorial, and it's a website. And it's been around for a while. I can't find exactly when, but it was updated in 2022 because of the, probably because of the demand. But what it is, it's um, anybody who's been, any veteran who's been um, buried in a VA Cemetery that would include the VA national cemeteries, VA funded tribal, state, territorial, or veterans uh, cemeteries. Are those vets are listed on this website? So I looked up our guy this morning, and what you get is um, an emblem from their branch of the service, their birth date, and the war that they served in. But the really cool thing is, you can go in and add things to your to your person's portal. Mm. So stories, videos, pictures anything you can put on there. So that's just a really wonderful way. If you can't get out and, and um, honor your Veterans Day, because of whatever reason, right there on your computer, you can go to the Veterans Legacy Memorial. And it's hosted by the U.S. Department of Veterans Affairs. And um, look up people in your family or your friends that you've lost that were veterans that were buried in the VA cemeteries and, and honor them that way. Very cool. That's awesome. I think Bruce already has his plot picked out in there, doesn't he? I mean, he's not planning on being there for another seven years. I think he already reserved his spot uh, five or six years ago. You know, that rings a bell. (laughs) So thank you for all those of you that have served. Absolutely. And Bruce Marine, correct? Yes. That's right. Yes, sir. Yeah. Bad guys. (laughs) Thank you for that, Jennifer. Mm -hmm. I... uh, I sent a note out to all the employees. The last thing I did before I left the office yesterday was just wishing them all a happy Memorial Day weekend. And, you know, I'm, I, I, I will take a moment of silence before the traditional Memorial Day barbecue and just bow my head in Thanksgiving uh, for the thousands and thousands and thousands of veterans that gave their life for me to enjoy the freedom in the greatest country in the history of mankind, the United States of America. You know, one way everyone can celebrate is by flying their flag. Oh, that's an interesting fact. Yeah, so we're double-checking this morning. It'll probably be different this year because our flags are down for uh, the national tragedy. But in general, on Memorial Day, you fly the flag half-mast until noon, and then you raise it all the way. So I don't know that I ever knew that before. So if you have your flag on a pole... Half mast until noon, and then up. I got to find the standard for telescoping poles because that's what my flag is. So it doesn't raise and lower in traditional. It's mm. the whole pole <laughs> itself is telescoping. So oh. when you, if I brought it down to half its height, well, because it's, it's telescoping, you can't tell. Interesting. So it, <laughs> you know, you yeah. can't tell, but I don't want to not fly it. So right. it's flying. And I bought, and you know, mine, I upgraded from the three by five. I got doing the four by six foot oh, now, so yeah. big flag. Can't miss it. And just to take care of our flags, you know, make sure that they're in good shape and that they're lit at night and that we teach our families, our kids, that they're to be respected. I think that's a big deal. That's to, a big how to, deal. How to honor a flag when it comes by or the national anthem sing. All right. 
Well, Jennifer, thank you for that segment uh, honoring uh, this Memorial Day edition of Rosie on the House. In this hour, we're covering the topic of duct work. And I explain the fact that ducts deliver the air you've already spent money fixing. You've either cooled it or warmed it. You've either dehumidified it or you humidified it. And you filter it. The air that comes out your register is only as good as your ductwork. And an industry popped up about 20 years ago called duct cleaning. And you need to know a few things about duct cleaning, okay? I can't show up and no one can show up at your house. Take the air conditioning supply registers off, run a vacuum as far back there as they can reach, clean the ducts, and do the job properly. It can't be done. It takes special equipment, special trucks, and it takes someone experienced in air conditioning because they've got to at least partially take your air conditioner apart. And they need to get to the coils. And those coils need to be cleaned. If you pass a vacuum through your ductwork without cleaning the air handling cabinet and the coils of your air conditioner, you haven't done anything. So I want to put a buyer beware out here. The companies that say they'll come and do your ductwork for $250 a unit, they cannot possibly be doing the system correctly. They're not taking your air conditioning system apart. They're not cleaning the coils. They're not drying the coils. And they aren't checking the integrity of the ductwork and the return air plenum. Duct cleaning done right is one or two technicians at a home for several hours. And it's going to cost you between $500 and $750 to get your duct work clean per air conditioning unit. Are those updated numbers? Because I remember giving those numbers 10 years ago. No, they're still about the same. Okay. Uh, But thank you for checking me on that. The point I'm trying to make is there are the duct cleaning novices that go in with a little vacuum and charge you 250 bucks. And as they're leaving, they schedule to come back again in six months. And when they come back in six months, they schedule again to come back in six months. And you're going through 250 bucks every time, and they're not cleaning your duct. So you're wasting $250 every six months. Pay to have your duct work done clean properly, 500, 750 bucks, and treat the filter for with the respect it's due. We recommend a one-inch paper pleated filter, and that needs to be replaced about every 30 days. Now, sometimes people ask me, can I stretch that to 60 days? Yes, you can, but you're saving $4 on a $15,000 piece of equipment. Spend the $4 and just get in the habit of replacing it every 30 days and and just bite the bullet. When you take that filter down and it still looks clean for you, it's not, okay? Throw it away. Put a fresh one in. You're talking about protecting a very expensive piece of equipment that is really getting more and more expensive by the day. So 
All of that about duct cleaning means once you've duct cleaned, once you've gotten the habit of replacing the filters, you don't have to clean your ducts again for seven, eight, nine, or ten years. It's done. The concept that you have to do this every six months is a false concept. And a lot of that depends on how clean your home is and how well you keep it sealed inside. I, 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 I keep my doors open as much as I can. You know, obviously not now, but <laughs> that's with the horses running through the backyard and Remy riding a motorcycle in the front yard. <laughs> and all the, it's a dusty and I, place. And all the doors and windows are open. I get it. Uh, kudos in that kind of situation. You may need to clean them a little more often than every seven to ten years. But the 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 issue is when you have the right qualified person cleaning your ducks. He should also they should also be checking the integrity of the ductwork because a perfectly clean duct will get dirty the second the air conditioner comes on and there's a hole in the ductwork. It will suck the insulation from your attic or the dust from your attic space into the ductwork and you're no better off than you were before. So the integrity of the ductwork and the cleaning of the ductwork and the proper filtering are all keys for you breathing the kind of indoor air quality you'd like to be breathing. And I'll tell you this, Jennifer and I ran to the White Mountains for a few days this past week, and uh, you forget living here in the Valley of the Sun. In as windy a spring as it's been, just how dirty the outside air has been for months. You know we were trying to think of the last time it rained and I had hay delivered. It was like the first, it was either the last day of January or first day of February. And I haven't had to go tarp it once. Yeah. Well, there was a, there was a recorded moisture event in March. It wasn't anything significant. <laughs> not enough to, so, do, not enough to I'm, wet the hay. Huh? Yeah. I'm, I'm hoping that this uh, expected heavier monsoon projection comes. Well, they're, comes they're, true. They're, they're talking about it's going to be a heavier, uh, more prolific monsoon season than average. Uh, unfortunately, they're also predicting that it's going to be a heavier, uh, more catastrophic hurricane season. In the I Gulf know, Coast. and I'm going to Georgia. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. But I was looking uh, at the, the historic dates. It usually doesn't hit till later in August um, of the four that have hit the Atlanta That's area. Right. They were all July or later. Yeah, yeah. peak dates at hurricane season, late August into September 10th, and then it goes and, down. And uh, Wilma was even in October, or, yeah. uh, mm-hmm. or one of those October 10th. Was it Wilma, or was it um, Harvey? No, no, Wilma was, uh, I do remember, it was October 10th. <laughs> October. And she formed quick and then went right for Florida, surprised everybody. Monster storm. So, so hopefully uh, some of that makes its way west when it comes because yeah. we do get that sometimes. Well, we are really banking on um, on, a, on a wet monsoon this year. We're already in stage two fire protection statewide. Uh, that's no no campfires, no campfires. Which so, and is and, always typical from my camping experience over the last ten years. Every time we've gone, it's always been you, you know only propane burners. Yeah. Uh, and, and and things are dry. I will tell you that driving up to our favorite little spot, the White Mountains, 
it was miles and miles and miles of shin-high brown grass. Mm-hmm. I mean, just one spark away from from a horrible event. So while you're out there camping, you're all leaning up against your favorite uh, camping reclining chair, listening to the radio, listening to Rosie on Nows. Be extra careful. And you're towing those camper trailers, get those chains off the pavement. To me, listening to that and just picturing old glory waving its way through a gentle breeze over the top of a couple Texas ebony trees is the perfect Arizona Memorial Day weekend celebration. We talked this hour about indoor air quality, and the reason we talk about it is because we're just about ready to close up our houses, uh, locked, locked tight uh, for the next several months. It's critical that your ductwork is prepared for that, both the integrity of the ductwork, the cleanliness of the ductwork, and we also talked about ceiling fans. If you're in the market for a new ceiling fan, I can tell you, spend the money for a DC motor. They're much more efficient. They're much quieter. You'll never hear them at 10 30 at night when you're trying to go to sleep in the bedroom buy one that's energy star rated you'll be tickled to death with that and if you're shopping ceiling fans and you're in the scottsdale area i would tell you get over to statewide lighting rosie certified lighting dealer well and not just the scottsdale area how far would you drive for a 20 percent off ceiling fan if you have your rosie on the house home maintenance calendar at the bottom of the calendar, our partners offer, you know, special incentives. Like this month, it's 0% APR for 48 months on pedal window and door packages. Summer sizzling fan sale, 20% off. Ceiling fans at Statewide Lighting. They are at 8920 East San Victor Drive, which is uh, not hard to find. It's right off the Via Linda Right. Via Dave Ventura exit off the 101 on the west side of the road. You know, it's down a little ways from the fries. From the fries, just north of the fries. Park there you go. And beautiful, beautiful, big, huge showroom. Lots of lots of things to go through there. In fact, we've had our Rosie on the House partner mixer. We get together quarterly with all of our partners, and it, it was big enough they could fit the whole network inside the showroom. It's a pretty showroom. So that's on ceiling fans. We've got Rosie on the House Lister coupons for statewide lighting. Take a look at the DC motors. Uh, Take a look at the CFM rating. Uh, Talk about what your ceiling height is and get it the right distance off the floor. And then we talked about duct cleaning. Quit spending money with naive duct cleaners that are having you spend $250 every six months through some coupon offer they're giving. That's not duct cleaning. All right. We've just saved everybody a whole bunch of money. 
If you follow the things you learned in the last hour, you'll be breathing better air, your air conditioning will be operating more efficiently, and your cooling bills will go down. I have a, a question here that came in. It says, Rosie, I'm not leaving for the summer. I'm just leaving for two weeks. What should I do with my thermostat? If you're a super cooler, do nothing. Just leave it where it is. If you're not a super cooler, you can turn it up to 85 or so. But uh, turning an empty house up to 90 or 85 or 90 will save you no money over super cooling. So just convert to super cooling and you never have to worry about it. All right, let's see if we can squeeze Jack in this hour real quick at one 767 4348 That's 1-888-ROSIE for you. How can we help, Jack? Yeah, thank you guys for having me on the show, uh, first of all. I wanted to say um, I need some advice. I went ahead and uh, hired a painter, and uh, they were painting another house in the neighborhood. So I talked to them, asked them, hey, are you licensed, bonded, contracted? um, I'm sorry, licensed and everything, and they said, yeah. So went ahead and uh, got a contract with them, and, um, you know, they painted the house. And the guy was supposed to come back and do all the touch-ups, spray another coat on the shed and so forth. And then after that, he pretty much ghosted me. Uh, Never showed up, called him several times, haven't heard anything from him. Um, Pretty much gave him an ultimatum. Um, If he didn't come back by this day at 5 o'clock, then, uh, you know, I would call the um, file with the ROC, the... um, Attorney General, file police report for fraud and so forth, and taking the small claims court. Um, still haven't got a reply from the guy. So at this point, um, should I just proceed? You know, should I proceed with uh, everything else, or is there anything else that I could do? You know, as far as like, do you guys recommend even going on social media? Well, it all depends on what your financial loss is and how much effort you're willing to expend on it. The fact that he was unlicensed, you're only going to have recourse through civil court. So it's going to be small claims. Or you're going to be able to prick his conscience through social networking, harassing one or the other. Uh, I can tell you there are a lot of unlicensed that say they're licensed. The law says their contractor's license must be on the contract. Their contractor's license must be on their business card. The contractor license number must be every place they have their logo. That's on the trucks, that's on the job site signs, and everywhere. Unfortunately, he's unlicensed. You're pursuing it exactly, unfortunately, the only way you can. I wish you best of luck. We've got some other callers on hold. We'll have to get to them the next hour. Y'all stay tuned for the rest of the Memorial Day edition of Rosie on the House.